0: Hello? Hello?
1: Hey y'all, my name is Phoebe Hunt and you've tuned in to Listen First. This is my podcast where basically I'm going to dissect songs that I just wrote with some of my best friends here in Nashville. Over the past 15 years of traveling around and playing my songs, I've met some incredible songwriters. Some of them are established artists that you've probably heard of, and some of them are up and coming, just like myself. Each episode, I'll take the recording and dissect what was happening in the mind of the songwriter. You'll hear the mistakes and the thought process behind finding the perfect line or the perfect rhyme. Now, because these songs are not yet commercially released, you can really only hear them exclusively here. You can't download them, you can't share them with your friends, but you can invite your friends to listen first with you. And hey, one of these days, one of these songs might end up as a huge hit, and it would be wonderful to have shared the experience of the first listen with you. Thanks again for tuning in to Listen First. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Listen First. I'm really excited because we've added a new component to this podcast, and that is that I thought it would be really more interesting if I could share with you a little bit of more about the artist that I collaborate with in the episode. So for this episode and for the ones that are f- to follow, you'll actually get a voice recording of a phone call where I call my collaborator and we share with you about the process of songwriting. Without much further ado, we'll be starting our phone call soon with Jenny Weaver. So I just wanted to let you know Jenny. She goes by Maybelline for her artistry and she'll be telling you all about that. But she is an incredible, beautiful human, lives in Nashville, Tennessee. And we met in Arkansas at a gig that we were both playing out there. And every time we've ever intersected, it's always been serendipitous and synchronistic. And so for whatever reason, the universe brought us together. And the day that we wrote the next song, I was hosting a retreat at my house, but she's the only person who came. And so we ended up having three hours together where we really went into songwriting. And the song that came out of that, I think, was really special. So without further ado, here's a phone call with Jenny Weaver, Maybelline. And then you'll get to hear the song that we wrote together called In Between.
2: Hello? Hi, there you are. Uh, Hi, Jenny. Hi, Phoebe. How's it going? (laughs) So good. I'm just loving this so far. I'm loving the opportunity to connect with friends and do something that's like creative and productive in some way and interesting and I'm just I've been loving it so I'm I'm just so grateful that you're like open to having a conversation chatting about the song we wrote and being a part of this podcast of course I love it I love the, I know I said it already but I'm just so inspired by all of your your doing and creating during this time Love yeah I just I'm turning into in very inward into the things that I think are important and projects that I've been really into, and I guess I'm realizing that by turning inward, it actually has me turn outward because it's something that I think is a cool idea, like it's not gonna happen unless <laughs> I turn outward and and I really like working with other people. I really love pulling in other people's perspectives, and I'm a collaborator by nature, I just love. To connect with other people and it inspires me and it also gives me like a kind of motivational deadline or something I'm like okay then I schedule the call and then that means we have to do it <laughs> and then, you know now and I'm then... responsible to that person because they put me on their calendar exactly and so then I have to follow through and then I'm like if I went through the process mine actually makes a podcast so it, it all like when I involve other people it makes me be accountable to my own dream or something yes what have you been up to, or did you have a chance to listen to the song, or what were you thinking I, about? I listened to it this morning and was looking at the lyrics again, and then right before this call, I did my meditation, and I was doing my yoga, and then I got a text from you about the video link, and I had listened to the just audio recording on my iPhone this morning, and when you said to maybe watch the video, there was a part of me that was like, oh, yeah, I just want to see us. Like our bodies and faces and energies and because that's just a whole other layer of where we were then energetically. Which to me is a little fascinating because there's so much in this particular song that feels really appropriate for what we're going through right now. Because we had been discussing the liminal space where we both really felt like we were living And now I'm like, oh, no. Like, we were, but it goes so much deeper because now we're in this, like, huge experience of the liminal space, like the most profound of our lifetime. And so it's it's interesting to revisit. Wow. I think it's really interesting. I feel like with both of us and with this song and with the liminal space, like, I felt like the liminal space was my theme of last year, like, studying it. I feel like this album I'm putting out, Neither One of Us is Wrong, is this exploration of the liminal space and, like, this reconciliation and mm-hmm. all of that. But now I realize that was all, like, artistic foreshadowing for me right. for this subconsciously. I was preparing, and I feel the same for you. Like, you have an album you're will- you're about to put out and you've been in this liminal space and studying it and through yoga and meditation, experiencing Mm -hmm. the liminal space. And then here we are now as a society and it's like, wait, what is this? Were we, was that prophet? Like it felt (laughs) like, I mean, not like I'm a prophet, but like, is that intuition? Is that some, you know, and that's what I feel like my mom has said that a couple of times. She's like, wait, you were preparing to not travel this year at all as an artist and, telling me you're not going to tour and you want to stay home and you know while Mm. you know and I'm like liminal space and studying it and through yoga and meditation experiencing Mm -hmm. the liminal space and then here we are now as a society and it's like wait what is this were we was that prophet (laughs) so not like I'm a prophet but like is that intuition is that and that's what I feel like My mom has said that a couple of times. She's like, wait, you were preparing to not travel this year at all as an artist and telling me you're not going to tour and you want to stay home. And I'm like, whoa. She's like, it's as if somewhere in you knew that you weren't going to tour. So you weren't preparing. I I didn't go to Folk Alliance,
0: even though I was
2: supposed to. Like in January, I was supposed to go to Folk Alliance to try to get gigs to play all year and I just decided not to go. I was like, I just, I'm not, I don't want to tour. I want to stay home, so I'm not going to go to Full to try to get gigs I don't want to go play right now. And then, boom, no one's playing gigs. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, and yeah, and I felt I, I had left the project, and I was really missing touring, and I was missing that entire aspect of it and wanting it, but in a space where I just kept hearing not yet, not now. And it wasn't in my present, and that felt very odd after so many years of it being such a omnipresent focus. And so it seems, I I don't know, I feel like it feels like prophecy, but really I wonder if we were just paying attention, like really connecting and intuitively feeling into the need to prepare for what was coming. Because I, I don't know, I have a really close friend who talks about this period of like hibernation we're all in as this. It's just holding up a mirror to everything that was already present for us, but it's not really anything new, and I'm feeling that very deeply. So I I do think on some level, like, we were preparing for something bigger, and at the time, we thought we were in it already, (laughs) which is, like, the kind of joke about it to me, where I'm like, oh, I really thought I was in liminal space, but I was just preparing for a much deeper dive into it. And interestingly wow. enough, in a communal way, because there are parts of it, in the song even, where there's this piece of craving that community, craving that connection, craving that reconciliation. And at the very least, uh, when it comes to this experience, it is something that we are all going through together, it's undeniably together. Yeah, it feels like this is the one thing that's a unifying force on the planet Earth Right now, mm-hmm. is yeah. that we are all collectively in a liminal space of transformation right now. And there are people that are resisting it, but mm-hmm. even in the resistance, there's an acknowledgement that it exists. So even there, there are those minds that are totally resistant to it being, to it existing, it there, there still is the acknowledgement that it exists. Like it's still interrupting life for them, too. So yeah. somehow, There's this, there's finally like my whole lifetime I've never experienced the time when I when the entire world agreed on anything. And this is even though there are disagreements about parts of this, there's still Mm -hmm. an agreement that it that of, of it. And just to find that there is one thing that unifies us all is really. I just think it's actually really beautiful. Like We're all mm-hmm. acknowledging this thing at the same time on planet Earth. All minds are acknowledging it. All people are impacted by it, every single mm-hmm. human. And what yeah. is the power of that? Like what, what can happen when every single person is on the same page, as, even if it's just the title of the page? It looks different for everyone, but it is a common experience. And so my curiosity leads me to wonder what kind of, outcomes or transformations or what are the what will be the things that change Mm. forever because we all agreed on one thing i think there's a lot of things that are about to be changing but this gives us an opportunity to really redefine ourselves as as individuals and as part of the collective and as societies and as countries and you know territories and governing bodies and from the very smallest micro to the very biggest macro, there is a redefining happening. And mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see what we choose to define and where we, what we choose to shift and change mm-hmm. as outward expressions, but also, like, I know a lot of people, like my sister and people in my life that are going and taking really deep inward dives and doing self-transformation work and how that itself will be impacting the whole also absolutely i've most certainly taken a dive into that work again i've been talking to my you know transformational coach on a weekly basis it was like once every six months for a check-in before and now i'm like no like we have the time and space she's a magical human working with me financially like why would i not take this time and take this opportunity to do that work and in some way come home to myself so that when we do emerge and begin to, like you said, co-create, we can do it from a space of deeper knowing. When you were just talking, it was making me think about what you've told me about the title of your record, that neither one of us is wrong. I have a song on my album called The Other Side, which is very much about meeting one another where we're at and not being so polarized. And there is this like in-between space where we can come together and create something beautiful. It's interesting because it seems to me like even in this situation, you've got this polarity among people I talk to where emerging, like they see us emerging with either this like dystopian reality or a utopian reality based on their general worldview where it's like everything's going to get worse and then people are like everything's going to get better and I for the past few days have been sitting with like why does it have to be one or the other like why is everything either going to be the worst possible thing I can imagine or it's going to be this like crazy hippie paradise and people aren't happy with either like why can't we just visualize and create what we want it to be instead of it you know, being this sort of a fear-driven, inevitable version of reality. I think it's fascinating when I listen to a lot of the dialogue around it, where I feel like we forget that we have the power to create it, that it's not completely out of our hands. And I know that there are things that are ultimately not within our control, but it seems like there is so much that is. Wow, I love the thought, just the realization that you're bringing to the table of it's recognizing the truth that this is our choice now. The choice of what we're going to create together is upon us. Yeah. And yeah, it's almost what you're talking about, people. Projecting mm-hmm. realities that they're scared of is exactly the opposite of what we can be doing. Oh right. no, it's going to be awful. Why would you say that? Yeah, it yeah. could be incredible, right? And it will be whatever we create. Right. That's the only truth is that it, whatever it, is, and it already is, right? If we know about the eternal now, and that there mm-hmm. is no future and there is no past, and all of our experiences our collections of energies that have brought us to like this eternal present moment mm-hmm. then we already created this and now we have the we're like allowing ourselves this breath of time. Maybe we all needed a pause. Maybe mm-hmm. everybody was craving so badly just to have time to finally focus and put into refocusing that which really matters.
0: Mhm.
2: And without some really drastic event to do it, it not. It wouldn't have happened. It's just it right. didn't happen until something like this happened and now we are forced to do it. But we created that too. And now so if it's and to me you know, there's people that have experienced a lot of pain and a lot of suffering and there's been a lot of death and destruction mm-hmm and that's yeah. really sad. There's a grieving for all of that and to all the families who've experienced loss. I mean that there's a deep grieving and all that. And at the same time there's also this space to grieve in, mm-hmm. this place to be held and the, the whole world can hold you and that it feels yeah. important to bring up yeah. that part of it. When in yeah. my world I'm experiencing this pause and I haven't had someone I know die from Mm -hmm. this and so for me it's just been this incredible space of reflection and pause Mm -hmm. and I have had friends who have experienced loss that I personally haven't and they say until it's in your own backyard you don't really feel it but they're you're all feeling something but just knowing that that exists and acknowledging it from the perspective of someone who is really enjoying this time yeah yeah, it's interesting because it's hard for me to say I'm really enjoying this time, but it's also not. There are moments where it's uncomfortable, but it's an uncomfortable that I'm familiar with because of the architecture of my life before this period of time began. But yeah, I I too don't have any direct connection to a loved one or close friend who has passed. I have a couple degrees separation, like a friend's uncle, a friend, things like that. So it's hard for me to even imagine what, how that feels, having it in your backyard. And I think that while there has been, while there is so much, like you said, death and destruction, there has also been this like huge miracle as far as I see it, because the way, like how quickly we mobilized and just shifted, like it happened on a dime. Throughout the world, and to me, the ability to make an agreement like that so quickly is incredible. It is nothing short of miraculous because that was a choice that was made out of love. It was, it was immediate. People, when they said stay at home, we stayed at home. Huge companies that you would think wouldn't budge on certain things told their employees not to come in. It was instantaneous. And so for me, I see a lot of hope in that, in our ability to change so quickly. We talk so much about how hard change is, and yet in a moment when it was a true emergency and everybody had a collective realization that our behavior in that moment mattered, like we took on a pretty wild amount of change. Instantaneously. If people are having trouble or going through all sorts of things within that, like all of it to me is understandable. Even the people in extreme resistance, like on a level, it's understandable because it was quick. Wow, yeah, that is a part of it, part of the fact that it happened on a dime. Mm-hmm. It did. You're right. I've heard just spoken of that. Birds when they're flying, the way they communicate telepathically, mm. that they can all literally be flying in one direction and literally just like in a second, the entire flock of birds shifts and all of a sudden is moving to the left when it was sh- moving to the right before. And mm. none of maybe there's a one little bird call they heard and they all did it together. Or who knows? No one knows what exactly it is that connects them all to be able to make that choice at the exact same time. And that, I feel like part of the shift that's happening is actually a connection back into our intuitive yeah. mind, this time that we're shifting into, back into a realization of a deeper spiritual existence. From a mere material plane of existence up into spiritual, for the lack of a better term, a connection to spirit, connection to divine energy, a connection to divinity, and that is this connection in a telepathic world, like this, the fact that we there is an energetic body and that we're connecting with each other through an energy, and that energy is somehow speaking to all of us, and we have the option to listen or not, but that if ever, like what you just said, be turned on a dime. So if there is some way that all of humans can shift immediately, this has shown us that's possible, mm-hmm. if nothing else. Absolutely. If, and, and by seeing that it is possible, then what else can we do with that possibility? Where can we take that possibility? If the whole world can agree on anything and can completely change direction, that's the beauty, I think, of what's happening. And the question that asks, is what can we do with that amazing magic telepathic power? And are any, is anyone feeling that? Are you mm-hmm. feeling telepathy in your life? Are you feeling like you're developing your intuition and your own insight and your third eye opening? Like, are, Is the, that, that kind of stuff happening for you? That- I feel like right now I'm reconnecting to that. I feel like there have been times in my life when I've been so connected to that part of myself, and there are times in my life when it's gotten kind of numbed out by the frantic pace and expectations of our current society, like our current societal norms. And I've found that in this time, I've really been called to reconnect to that part of myself. And when you talk about birds, turn like the way that they just shift and humans having that capacity, I believe we have that capacity. And it's just not what we've been cultivating. You know, it's not what we've been consciously cultivating. And I do feel like there is a longing in people to know that part of themselves. I think that's why so many people have some spiritual or religious side that they hold on to, because I think we're just wired to want that connection. I think we, I think in our current society, we seek it in a lot of other places when we don't have it. I always love how alcohol is called spirit. Because I Mm -hmm. do feel like it's a place we turn to a lot when we're missing that connection. I know I do. And I still love, I drink whenever I feel like it. But I think it's really interesting that is something that in our current culture is so abused. And I wonder if that need to go to that altered state comes from a deeper need for spirit, you know. Especially because in AA, like the first thing, one of the first things you do is you... Submit to a higher power you acknowledge this thing that is bigger than yourself so yeah i really believe that it is a a deep longing that we have to know that part of ourselves like for ourselves and with each other yeah i couldn't agree more and the part of deeply longing to connect to spirit and also the the alcohol spirit thing is up that brought up a lot for me i wanted to share but it takes us off a whole different course of the whole I don't even know. I love a good detour. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the <serious. laughs> I don't know the detour. It took me, it felt like when you said the current society we're living in and there's so much addiction to alcohol and to any other spirit. It also, I got this flashback of Christopher Columbus and coming to America and the Native Americans and, quote, unquote, white man or european civilization using alcohol as a tool to disassemble the strength of the connection of the native people to spirit and in order to take power over them and that detour feels sensitive because that force has taken over the whole country and it's absolutely the whole country and the whole world really it's become the the driving force of the whole world, not the alcohol necessarily, but the taking over of what is natural and what is connected to nature and connected to na- the spirit of the earth, really, mm-hmm. Mother Nature. And and Mother Nature is now screaming, crying out to us mm-hmm. all that like, we must listen to her, must tune into her and tune out that mentality that says capitalism or financial security or I don't know if it has to do with money necessarily, but power, Mm -hmm. the power to own or to want to take over or to be bigger than or better than any other thing is not the way. (laughs) And we've all, somehow in the last generation or couple generations, somehow we all believe that this thing is, the way, but I think right now we're being reminded that Mother Earth and what you were saying—that connection to spirit and connection to div- divinity and eternal energy—is actually is actually the way. <laughs> and it's just like a slap in the face, a little bit, and a reminder: like this is actually the way to happiness, if that's what you want to call it, or to mm-hmm. peace and mm-hmm. to to. Living in gratitude and connecting to nature, and maybe into actually finding access to those internal powers that do things like allow us to have intuition and telepathy and make turns together and all that. It's like we've lost consciousness, is how it feels. When I think that's why these artificial spirits is something that's triggering, It's they're not being used in celebration. They're being used, you know, more for numbing consciousness, and that's. A lot of what we've lost in getting away from Mother Earth and true spirit and nature is this like deep engagement with a universal consciousness, how what is in our mind and body is part of the universal mind and body and the interconnectedness of it. And I think it's so interesting that it made you think of the colonizers using spirit to disconnect and control indigenous people. Because it it really feels like the way it's so glamorized and pumped into our culture these days, it is being used to control us as well. And when I don't know that it's as simple as our tendencies to vilify capitalism and all these systems, because, you know, we create all these systems, it's really, to me... It's not about the need for security. Like, we have these basic human needs. It's when things tip into that imbalance of greed and having so much more than you need. Like, I I don't see why there can't be conscious capitalism. I just don't see much of it out there right now. It's interesting to me that it used to be people wanted to make a living. Like, that was, they worked and they wanted to make a living. Like, they wanted to make enough to live a beautiful life. And now something is considered successful if you, like, make a killing. I find that languaging so interesting. Like, you have to make a killing to be successful. You have to pull in so much more than you need. And very often at the expense or due to the oppression of someone. And languaging, mean, that's when you're writing a song. It's just to bring it back to the song, right? Yeah. <laughs> the toy- we, we wrote a song. We wrote a song choosing choosing language and the words we use and those simple tiny choices. Yeah, make a killing. And there's sometimes these euphemisms or things that we use that we use words and we don't realize the power behind those words. And so I just think that's interesting. And with that, I think it'd be a nice time to share this this song with everyone. See what they think.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. it.
2: Yeah. All right, here it is.
0: We just go in between, Between mother and a child, lived a girl whose emptiness ran wild. start at the F?
1: Thanks for tuning in to Listen First. All of my Patreon subscribers act as a grassroots, cooperative publishing deal for me and the other songwriters on this podcast. So, if you like what you heard, please subscribe too. Thanks for listening first. To subscribe, just go to www.phoebehuntmusic.com podcast and click Become a Patron of Listen First.